0: Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 194. And today I'm going to be talking about chores. Yes, chores is one of those topics that keeps resurfacing. How do we get kids? to do the chores? That seems to be a question that parents ask a lot. And everybody is searching for the magical answer. I did a lot of that myself when my kids were young, before I discovered what I believe is is the answer to that problem. And today I'm going to share a story about that revelation maybe, uh, when I realized what I was doing wrong and what I had to do next. I've also got a story that's based on episode uh, six of this podcast about radical chore rosters. Yes, that was one of my very first podcasts. I talked about how we had a chore list Uh, yeah, chore roster and how I thought that having a chore roster wasn't very unschooly. Certainly radical unschoolers don't have chore rosters. And so I tried to get rid of it because I wanted to be a proper radical unschooler. And I guess that's also a problem, isn't it? When we do things Because we fear other people's opinions. As a blogger, I didn't want anyone coming along and saying, Hey Sue, you write radical unschooling stories. You classify yourself as a radical unschooler, but your family has a chore roster. You can't really be radical unschoolers. So I did a little, a lot of pondering And then I spoke about that topic, as I said, in podcast episode six, and I wrote a story based on that podcast, which I published in my book, Radical Unschool Love. And a few days ago, I published that story on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. And this is what I'm going to share with you today. So I have two chore stories to share with you. I have written a number of stories about um, chores because, as I said, it seems to be a topic that a lot of people are interested in and it's a bit complicated and I have pondered it many times. So I wonder what you'll think of my conclusions. I wonder whether you'll agree or disagree. So why are chores important? Well, I think all of us want to bring up kids who aren't lazy, kids who are generous and who want to help look after the family home and who, who care about everybody in the family. And maybe that's why we push kids to do chores Because we're hoping that our children will become good workers. But I have found that pushing doesn't produce good workers. It produces a lot of frustration. It produces kids who try and avoid work. The other reason that we would like our kids to do chores, and this one's harder for me to admit, is that we want some help around the place. We don't want to do the chores. Yes, I uh, imagined having a very efficient army of child helpers to help me cope with the with the work of bringing up a large family. And yes, that's what I expected. I didn't expect the pushback though. So I'm going to get into my stories. I'm going to talk more about that. As I said last time that I made a podcast episode, I'm recording some of my blog posts. This one was written on September the 16th, 2023. So if you're listening to this as it is published, that was only, what, a couple of days ago. So I called the post, Can Radical Unschoolers Use a Chore Roster's? When I was a child, I had two ambitions. I wanted to live to be 100, and when I grew up, I wanted a maid to look after my home and family. Well, I'm still on track to reach 100, though that number no longer seems important. But I've never had a maid, my very own Alice, even though I have a bigger than Brady sized family. Usually chores are regarded as unappealing and not much fun. People, including adults, complain about having to do them. Maybe that's why, as a child, I imagined a maid doing everything for me. While my Alice did all the work cleaning, sweeping and washing clothes, I was going to do far more pleasant things. But passing on the tedious jobs of life to someone else requires money, which Andy and I didn't have when we were first married, so we muddled through on our own, often arguing about whose turn it was to do this, that and the other chore. Then we became parents and the housework multiplied and I dreamed of a day when my kids would be old enough to do the chores. I imagined an army of willing child helpers ready to fulfill my list of commands. I'd write a chore roster, and they'd do all the work with smiles on their faces. So when my kids reached appropriate ages, I wrote chore rosters, did lots of commanding, and yes, the housework got done. But I had to do lots of nagging and endure lots of grumbling. It was so tiring because chore time stretched on and on as I chased reluctant children using threats of punishment so they'd do their duty. I wondered why my kids weren't generous and willing workers. Why didn't they like doing things for those they love? And then one day I realised something important. I wasn't a generous and willing worker myself. I didn't want to do difficult and dirty tasks, not even for my family. I knew I had to change my attitude towards chores. I had to stop looking at them as something we all try to avoid and see them instead as opportunities to do things for the people I love. Do them with joy. I couldn't just write a roster and say to my kids, get on with the work. I had to get involved. I had to do what I expected my kids to do. I wrote about that realisation and change of attitude in my blog post, Getting Kids to Help with the Chores. Getting Kids to Help with the Chores. It took me years to work out how to encourage my children to help with the chores before that happened i tried all the usual methods i designed rosters with jobs for each child for each day of the week i wrote out lists of chores and let my children choose first in first choice i tried a lucky dip system i disguised chores as games I let my children experience the consequences of undone chores. By turn, I wheedled and threatened, pleaded and demanded, praised and complained. And yes, the chores got done and we lived in a clean and tidy house. But my children only worked because I prodded them along. They never learnt to offer their help gladly. I knew there must be a better way, but for a long time I was too busy and tired to want to discover it. With a baby crying in my arms and mess everywhere, I just wanted the jobs done now and quickly. I've asked you for help. Please do it. Then one day I stopped and thought about how I reacted when my children asked me for help. Can you help me with this please, mum? One of them would say, I'd sigh and say, in a minute. Quite often that minute turned into hours. Sometimes I forgot altogether. I didn't exactly give my children the impression that I was eager to help them. Admittedly, there were times when it wasn't possible to help my children straight away, Babies and toddlers are rather time consuming and unpredictable, and so it wasn't always possible to do things for my older kids when asked. But I got into a bad habit of never getting around to helping, even when nothing was stopping me. Didn't I already do a lot for my children without helping them with all the unexpected little extras they wanted me to assist with? One day, I decided to try something new. Can you help me with this please, Mum? asked Charlotte. I didn't say maybe later or can you ask someone else or in a minute as usual. Oh, of course I can, I replied, putting down my work immediately. I remembered to smile at the same time. It wasn't easy at first. But old habits can be changed, and I found out that my children really do appreciate my help. Thank you for taking us to our piano lessons, says Imogen. It was my pleasure, I say. Even though there are lots of other things I'd rather do than spend a morning driving to and from town, it is a pleasure. It's a pleasure doing things for those we love. Although helping isn't always convenient or what we want to do, especially when we are are tired, we can still choose to do it. And that's what I had to model for my children. Regularly throughout the day, Gemma Rose comes to me and asks, Can I do anything for for you, Mum? She makes me a cup of coffee. She arranges some flowers in a vase and places them in my bedroom. She smiles and says... I like cleaning your bathroom. Don't you love cleaning toilets? I can't say I do. She sneaks out and brings in the washing off the line when no one is looking. I tried doing that once. I came inside lugging the heavy washing basket and Imogen said, Mom, how did you manage to sneak outside without us knowing? You should have told us you were bringing in the washing. I didn't want to disturb you, I replied. I managed on my own. But we like helping you. Children who like to help? Isn't that what we all want? And I have discovered I like to help them too, especially when it's not expected. Was it you who swept the kitchen, Mum? Asks Gemma Rose. I was about to do that. I thought I'd help, I smile. My youngest daughter gives me a hug. Thank you. Then she asks, what can I do to help you? Helpfulness begets helpfulness. Getting kids to help with the chores, I discovered it all had to start with me. I've written a few chore stories. The best ones are in my second unschooling book, Radical Unschool Love, and they are called The Right Question, Getting Kids to Help with the Chores, More About Chores, A Generous Attitude, The Radical Chore Roster, The Weekly Chores That Don't Always Get Done, Fairness. And today I'm sharing one of those stories, the Radical Chore Roster. I once wrote a blog post about encouraging kids to do chores. People flocked to read it, but most left feeling very disappointed. That won't work, they said. Perhaps they thought my solution, helpfulness begets helpfulness, was too simple. But my fellow radical and schoolers understood what I was saying. A few of them were eager to share their own stories on this topic. One mother told me about her children who are always generous with their help. She said, and never a chore chat in their lives. They are just nice and generous because they have been treated with generosity. When I replied to this commenter, I ignored her words about chore rosters. I didn't want to reveal that we do, in fact, have a roster. I thought about the ideas in my blog post, how can they work together with a chore roster? Surely kids aren't free to choose whether they do the chores or not if there's a roster on the wall telling them what they need to achieve. And if that's true... Maybe we aren't radical unschoolers after all. What if somebody came along and said, Yes, I can see that you're unschooling, but you're not radically unschooling. I wondered if the no-chore roster, radical unschoolers, had discovered something I'd missed. Perhaps there were real benefits to not having a roster even one that had been written by my children and seemed to be working. And so I decided I should get rid of ours, get rid of it quickly, before somebody discovered we were using it. We'd become real radical unschoolers, and then no one could tell us we were doing things wrong. So one day, I took our chore roster off the fridge door, screwed it up, And threw it away. Then I told my kids what I'd done. When they saw the roster in the bin, they opened their eyes wide and someone said, Why did you do that, Mum? What's wrong with our roster? I had to search for the right words. I couldn't just say, Radical unschoolers don't use chore rosters. What does it matter what other people do? I had to work out why radical unschooling and rosters are incompatible. A moment of thinking and then I said, I think rosters don't encourage anyone to do more than their fair share. You do your jobs on the roster and then you go off without worrying about anyone else. You are only willing to give so much I would rather you look around and say, Hey, that job needs doing. I'm willing to do it. Help each other more. My children looked at each other and then at me and said, Mom, we already do that. They explained that yes, they have a roster and there are assigned jobs on it, but quite often they do each other's chores. They help each other out. If somebody isn't home, their chores get taken over by the others in the family. No one sticks to her chores and refuses to do more. My children were already doing what I wanted them to do. I just hadn't seen it. Why would my kids be willing to do more than was expected? I realised that they were following my example. Yes, It had all started with me. Each morning, I do my chores. I vacuum my bedroom and bathroom, and then I move on to the living room. And then, instead of rolling up the cord and putting the vacuum cleaner away, I continue down the hall and vacuum the kitchen and family room as well, even though this is somebody else's job on the roster. When my kids find out I've done some of their chores, they always say, Thank you, Mum. Thank you for doing my job. And I always reply, You're welcome. I enjoyed doing it for you. I guess we have been helping each other generously for a long time. And when I realised this, there wasn't any real reason to throw away the roster, was there? I could have replaced it on the fridge door. But I didn't. I still couldn't get past the thought that radical unschoolers don't use chore rosters. I was worried about what other people might think of us. Maybe I wouldn't have cared about other people's opinions if we'd been living a quiet life. But I'm a blogger. We share our lives with anyone interested. I knew someone could stop by and tell me I had no right to write about radical unschooling because I was doing it all wrong. And I didn't like this thought, so the roster remained in the bin. The days went by and the chores seemed to be getting done just the same as ever. Nothing much had changed. Everybody was considerate and helpful. And I smiled. We didn't need the chore roster. Things were working perfectly without it. But then one day I found the roster in the cupboard. Somebody had rescued it from the bin and smoothed out its wrinkles. I gathered my children together and said, I just found the roster. What's it doing in the cupboard? And someone said, Mom, we need the roster. We use it to check things off. We want to make sure we've done everything before we get on to the other work of the day. Someone else added, we can't always remember what needs doing on what day. Yes, we need to do certain chores on particular days. For example, the roster helps everyone to remember that we have to place the garbage bins on the footpath on Monday because they are emptied early on Tuesday morning. My children convinced me the roster was useful. They wanted to use it. So I put it back on the fridge. And I thought, we will be radical unschoolers who use a chore roster. I no longer consider rosters incompatible with a radical unschooling way of life. It just depends on how we use them. I think the problem is that most people use chore rosters in an attempt to get their children to work. The parents draw them up and hand out the jobs to the children and then they expect them to do them. It's a family rule. I know all about that because we used to do this when our children were little. I used to tick off the chores as my children completed them. Have you done all your jobs on the roster, I'd ask. And if they hadn't, I'd say, you can't have your morning tea until you've done everything. And if you don't hurry up, morning tea time will be over. Looking back, I am not happy with how I handled things. I cringe as I read my words. They were cruel. That wasn't the right way to treat my children. I used the roster in the wrong way. These days, the roster belongs to my kids. They choose to use it. They write it. They modify it. They can choose to ignore it. The raster is a tool. It's not a rule. Maybe we listen to other people's ideas because we want to do things properly. And this can be good because we can all learn a lot from one another. As long as we don't get sidetracked by our need for approval. Our need to belong. Our concerns about what other people might think of us. And our lack of confidence. Sometimes we might be wrong, and it could be beneficial to listen to other people. But then again, sometimes wrong is actually right, like a chore roster. A radical chore roster might be exactly what a family needs. My need for other people's approval forced my kids to do what was right in secret. They had to hide their roster from me. Isn't that sad? That's the end of that story, which can be found in my book, Radical Unschool Love, with all those other chore stories. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, that story started life as a podcast episode. So perhaps you would like to listen to episode six of the podcast and, yeah, to see how I told the story the very first time, not quite so concise or or with such uh, thought out words. And as it was episode six, there were probably lots of ums and ahs in that episode as well. Yes, I've come a long way since those early days of podcasting, or at least I hope I have Now, in my blog post, the next section is called What Other Unschoolers Are Saying About Chores, and I have a list of links uh, to articles that I think are very interesting and I'm hoping that you might like to read. For example, there's If You Don't Make Them Work from Sandra Dodd's website, Chores and an Unschooling Childhood by Pamela Ricchia from Living Joyfully. On chores, learning, respect and such is there a gentler way by Erin from Ever Learning. Cleaning motivation when it all seems too much by Haley from Taking a Kinder Path. Modeling Joy from Sandra Dodd's website and another one from her website, Building a Relationship or Tearing It Down. And in Hayley's uh, blog, pa- uh, blog post, uh, Haley from Taking a Kinder Path, she lists some websites and apps which could be very useful for organising the cleaning and upcare of a home. And just recently I had a look at one of those. I'm not sure that the, I, I, the one I looked at, I didn't go to Hayley's um, website, that's not where I found it. I just did some Googling, but I'm just trying to remember what it was actually called. It is called either tody or 2D. Not sure how to pronounce that. T O D Y. Maybe 2D as in to-do. And there's a paid version, but I just downloaded the app and had a look at what what was available for free. And the first thing I had to do was choose a room and then list all the tasks that had to be done in that room. For example, living room, dusting, vacuuming, wiping over the bookshelves, uh, dusting the books. And then I had to say, how often I would like to do those chores. Uh, is Are the chores a daily ones, weekly ones, monthly ones, seasonal ones? And then I had to assign a day to each chore. Well, I started doing this and I got overwhelmed. The amount of things that have to be done around a house. Well, I thought I'd be there forever, just organising a chore plan. And it didn't feel very good because these days I'm the person who does most of the chores. A lot of my kids have left home and the ones that are still living here have jobs and they're not always around at the right times to do some of the chores. They pitch in when they're here. And my girls are really, very good. They do all the cooking, Uh, My husband cooks at the weekend, so I don't have to do that. But they're not here to put the washing on the line or take the dogs for a walk or all those sort of things that have to be done early on in the day, all the things that I'm responsible for now. And so I stopped formulating this chore plan because I thought that by the time I got to the end of writing it, it would depress me. All these things that need doing around the house, and I have decided to continue doing things by feel. If a chore needs doing, if it, how we decide if a chore needs, how do we decide if something needs doing? Does it bother anybody? Uh, can we not find things? Would we like a more peaceful and clean environment? Ah, perhaps we've run out of clothes. Whatever the reason is, a chore has to bother somebody before we do it. So quite often our house is a bit dusty, but it's organized well. We'd rather yeah, write and do things on our, our devices than dust. But we do like to be able to find things, so we tend to keep things ordered. That leads me on to a whole other topic of who... Who do chores belong to? And some people say the person who um, is bothered by them. But that on the surface does seem to be true. But then I was wondering, shouldn't we be concerned about the people we love? If a chore bothers somebody, shouldn't we be bothered as well? For example, uh, my husband knows that I just don't like getting up in the morning to wash dishes. That bothers me. I'm talking about not the dinner dishes, but all the cups and things that gather in the evening. So he knows that chore bothers me. I like to get up to a clean kitchen. It doesn't bother him because he goes straight out to work. He doesn't have to face a dirty kitchen. But because it bothers me, he cleans up every night after I've gone to bed, Make he makes sure that all the cups are washed and uh, and the benches are wiped over and that we can find everything we need first thing in the morning. So yeah, that's an example about being generous, isn't it? Anyway, so I have decided that I'm not using that Toadie or d app. Um, yeah, unless I, uh, Suddenly decide I want to be super organized. I've been doing a lot of pondering about unschooling and planning and organization. I've written a few posts about that as well. Uh, What's the other? Oh, I tried the Toss app. I thought it might be um, good to get rid of some of the clutter around here and then we would have less things to dust and to sort and to clean. And so I downloaded the Toss app. And it's a free app and every day it gives you a task. So I, on the first day I had it, it said something about all those old cologne and perfume bottles that we might have been collecting, thinking that one day they might be useful. But of course, they're not. They're old and we've got new fragrances. And the Tuss app suggested that we spend five minutes gathering up all those bottles and tossing them. So the yeah, there, and I think the second day, the activity was to go to the junk drawer that most people seem to have and to toss out a particular item. Oh, and it was old pens. We keep all our old pens, all our pens in a cup by the phone. And yes, half of them are either dried up, the ink doesn't work anymore, or they're pens we don't like using. We pick them up somewhere and they're scratchy. And the Toss app activity for that particular day was throw all those pens out. And that's a job that takes five or 10 minutes. So doing a decluttering um, job like this every day, yeah, just five or 10 minutes every day makes a difference, doesn't it? Anyway, that's all I've got for you today, my friends. I hope you enjoyed those stories about chores and I would really love to hear your opinion about my ideas and also the ideas of the other unschoolers that I've listed in my blog post. If you would like to uh, visit those blogs and read those posts, uh, please visit my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, um, to find the links and also there's links to my book. A radical unschool love i'm just looking i don't think there's anything else there but you might want to just read the post instead of listening to it yes some people are listen- listeners and some people are readers and some people like to go back and read something they've listened to um because maybe it went a little bit too fast in the audio version So please visit my blog Stories of an Unschooling Family and please check out my books, my unschooling books, Curious Unschoolers, A Radical Unschool Love and The Unschool Challenge which you will find on Amazon. So that's all for this week my friends. So until next time, live a radical life of unconditional love.